This is the 911 Calls Podcast with the operator and his trusty junior assistant, Mr. Luna. Hey Luna, good day to you, sir. Yeah, same to you, good day. Hey, do you have a grandma? I do. Yeah, she's pretty old. 90, in her, in her 90s. Haven't t- talked to her for a while. No, wait, really? Yeah. I, I, does she live nearby? Does she or? look old? What? Oh, she lived nearby. No, does she live nearby? No, she lives really far away, like a three-day drive. My, me and my grandma, um, she she kind of like, not raised me, but she was a big part, big part of my upbringing. And she's still alive. We live uh, provinces apart. There's a lot of weird issues in between it. But hey, man, if you're asking me, do I have a grandma? Yeah. If you ask me, do I love my grandma? You're damn right, too. There you go. I have one grandma that's still alive. The other is not alive anymore. What'd you do? You know what? I'll put it this way. It's not what I did. It's what she did. (laughs) Right. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And also, if you're ever in the west wing of the lair, if you're ever wandering around that way and you smell something, just keep walking. Yeah, because that's Aop's grandmother. Could be. And I don't know if that's living grandma smell or dead grandma smell but either way you know either way you're still feeding her gruel whenever you get the opportunity to go in the west corner of the lair yeah she's stuck where she's at so we're all good but I'm glad to hear that you have a good relationship with your grandma though well I did but we don't talk anymore so I'm not gonna act like it's great but I mean I love oh. her so she she, okay. she did a lot of good things it's a really touchy subject actually for me sure well sorry I mean, didn't mean to bring up touches but it's good that, you know what you know what that's that's very the mature of you that you can say that you love her you know in spite of Wherever else that story goes. Oh, no, I love her. Love yeah. her big time. No, there's nothing else going on. It's just that I feel kind of like shitty that I haven't seen her for a long time as well. But we can't all have our grandmothers 50 paces away in the right-hand corner of a We building. can't, but that's why I brought her here on the show right now. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> oh, right. man. Anyway, so the reason I brought that up is... Um, Seg- natural segue into the mm-hmm. show. The guy that uh, we're going to hear on this first call, he has a grandma, too. Okay. Uh, it's a bit of a different story. So let me let me set it up for you a little bit here. So on May 18th of 2012, a 17-year-old boy named Jonathan Hoffman called 911. He and his grandma had just returned from a drug test that Jonathan had to take. Actually, it was the second drug test he had to go to travel to take that day, driven both times by his grandma. There are two reports as to why Jonathan had been living with his grandparents. Number one report says that his mother and father were in the process of a divorce. I cannot confirm nor deny that, so I'm not quite sure. Number two report out there says his parents had already moved to Arizona and they had an arrangement with Granny and Pops to let Jonathan finish out his senior year of high school whilst living in their abode. Yeah, you went deep on these details, eh? 
Yeah, you know. Well, I'm going to set this up pretty good so you kind of feel like you're on track. Okay. So, but it was also, just to just to color the story, give it a little texture, a little flavor, uh, he was also reported to be attending an alternative school. Do you know what that is? I don't know, where they listen to uh, Nirvana all day? No, I don't. I don't, really. Yeah, it's just grunge. You, uh, the, the, the uniforms are plaid shirts and jeans. No, actually, uh, alternative school is like sort of like a disciplinary school, oh, okay. you know, where, you know, you might go. It's the step before you have to go to those scary camps in the middle of the desert with mm. other misfit kids, you know, that kind of I thing. Gotcha. Alternative school. And there also are some positive attributes. Obviously, you know, they're trying to write the path of wayward children, maybe. Mm. But they also give them opportunities to learn vocational education everything like that anyway this isn't an ad for alternative <laughs> schools so I'll move on by the way since we're talking about alternative it, you know a really popular band named Pearl Jam yeah okay let me ask you this their name is Pearl Jam what is Pearl Jam what is Pearl Jam the the cl- the, the clamage around the pearl no think about it. what is Pearl Jam if you had Pearl Jam in your hand oh it's what do you got in your hand uh, semen. Yeah. Oh wow, dude. Seriously, right. we've been living for decades with a band named Pearl Jam, and we're all just like, "Hey, when nobody's wow. thinking about this thing." That is what that means, Pearl Jam. Mind, mind wow, blown. I was today years you old. Blew, you, bl- yeah. you blew it, man. You blew it. I blew the Pearl Jam joke. Yeah. Like twenty minutes before the happy ending, too. Yeah. No. That- anyway, I just I think I probably just blew a bunch of people's minds. Right. There. And what's Weezer? Well, that's what you get after. If you get if you inhale Pearl Jam, <laughs> and then you have Nirvana. <laughs> yeah, actually, they, yeah, it's, it's the mental state after after Pearl Jam. <laughs> They're all connected. I think there's a conspiracy there. You know, screw chemtrails. I think there's something about the grunge bands of the day. Yeah, yeah, you might be onto something. Okay, so crazy. Anyway, they had just returned home from the second drug test. That had resulted in a heated argument between Jonathan and his grandmother about his drug use. Mm-hmm. And shortly after returning, Jonathan made this call. You ready for me to uh, hit play? Yeah. Here we go. Nine Okay, I, I know 
we got help on the way. I promise you that, okay? You said, you said, uh, you, it's in your chest? Yes. Okay, did you get some kind of, can you, can you walk or do you, are you sitting? I'm sitting. Okay, okay, I don't want you to move. Okay, just keep on breathing. Okay, and it just happened? Are you there? Keep talking to me. Keep talking to me. Are you there? No. Can you can you keep talking? Can you keep talking to me? Are you there, sir? 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 Hello? Sir? All right. Wow. So <laughs> I was not expecting when I when I reviewed this 911 call, I was not expecting that direction for the story to unfold. What do you mean? Where you just let it run for a long time while the guy bled out? Well, that part, yeah, for sure, because that's just sad, right? Well, it was a little weird. Is he dead? A little morbid. Do you think this was probably more appropriate for the Dark Calls show on Patreon? I think almost everything you play is more appropriate for the Dark <laughs> Calls show. It's a it's a judgment call, I'll give you that. It's a difficult to figure out which ones are, you know, palatable for the public and which ones are better left behind a firewall. Anyways, I think that this one is, you know, it fits. What's going on? So he gets shot by his grandma and now he's kind of bobbing in and out of consciousness. He's losing losing blood. Yeah, so on the call, you can hear him say, my grandma shot me. So Jonathan was shot in the chest at point-blank range by his 74-year-old grandma, Sandra Lane. I'm sorry. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. It's it's shocking. It's, you know, this does not happen every day. Grandma is not always right. No. The drug, so the drug tests that he had undergone that day came back positive for synthetic marijuana. You know, Spice, K2, Mr. Smiley, Red X, Dawn, or Blaze, <laughs> yeah. as the kids on the streets call it these days. Did you Google marijuana recent? Maybe. Maybe I had to. I don't know. I just don't partake of the herb, you know, like other people might. I, I like to go for more of a natural high. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm weird enough already. To I don't need to get high or drunk. I'm, I don't even know. I don't know what I'd be like if I were high or drunk. I fear that thought, so I don't partake. Yeah, I don't want to see it either. So yeah. this um, altercation happened as a result of him testing positive for marijuana and his grandma shot. Yeah, so apparently... Yeah, the heated argument between him and the his grandmother was because he tested positive. What are you giggling about? I don't know. It's just a this is really this is an awkward one. Interestingly enough, though, here's here's what's interesting. A toxicology report showed that it was in his urine, but not in his bloodstream, which would indicate that he wasn't under the influence at the time of the incident. So. 
that's good because you know what a kid on marijuana would be like in an altercation with his grandma. Totally sleepy and snacky, <laughs> I guess. You know, to- just a monster, I'm sure. Right, yeah. Yeah, it plays well. He wasn't high on marijuana when he got shot point blank by his grandma. Weird. But okay, to be fair, synthetic marijuana is 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 a bit of a misnomer. So people that use it, they actually have a high propensity for addiction and it can cause psychosis and hallucinations and other crazy things. So there was actually a case in Waco, Texas a little while ago where a man on spice was found eating his dog. And you hear about these things like synthetic, like spice especially, you know, mm-hmm. it's they're all the same. They're all synthetic, but they are... They are not marijuana. They are not your grandma's marijuana, you know. Oh, no, definitely not. For sure. I'm high right now. You just saw me smoke a whole joint. Wow. You just watched me do it. I mean, but... But you look you look good. Well, this is how I look all the time. You look good. I mean, you got you got good complexion. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually I can see more of your eyeballs, but you know. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, no, there, there are some, some, some weed that I've, that I've gotten into. Um, what always gets me is when people are like, Hey man, they lace that with Coke. It's like, oh, okay. You got a drug dealer who's throwing in cocaine. What's his number? Yeah. Right. Cause he's wasting product. <laughs> right. Is that the, <laughs> yeah, that's, no? that's, that's the joke up. Yeah. That's the thing for sure. I guess he's trying to get you hooked on blow so that you go and like you buy it or something, but no. Would it be would it be addictive? Like if you, if you had the joints that were laced with coke, would you Yeah. would you gain would you gain a dependency on cocaine, do you think? The Dr. Dre's album The Chronic was the first album that he put out. It was called The Chronic because he was trying to get it, he said his people off of crack, which was like put into the, into the, those communities. What he's saying is like in these poor communities. Right. Why don't we lace our marijuana with with cocaine and make it as a way to kind of like um well a gateway out rather than a gateway in so now you can get you know not even hooked on marijuana but slowly withdraw you off of this stuff so they would lace the uh the marijuana with with cocaine and make my shit the chronic i see yeah nine deuce and get them off that crack Try to right weird conversation though. So grandma shot her, shot her, shot her kid, shot her grandson. Eh? Uh, there's actually more to this call. Okay, good. And like like I do often, it gets crazier. You ready for me to hit play? Yes, please. Yes. yes. All right, here we go. Are you there? <laughs> So if things couldn't get bad enough for Jonathan, he's laying there shot in the chest. And as that call progressed, you can hear gunshots and then Jonathan exclaiming that he had been shot again. To be clear, 
His grandma shot him a total of five times. He was originally shot in his second floor room, which was a loft in their house. So the argument started there in his second Sorry, floor I room. Sorry, like I thought the, you were being like funny there. Like his second floor room being like the no. top of his skull or something like that. Oh, no. Like location yeah. on his body? No, no. Actually, logistically in the house. So here's how things played out. And I don't know if you could hear it, but at one point on that call, you hear his grandma say, I'm going to go get you a glass of water. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. I just heard her squawking like a mad bird. Yeah, she started squawking pretty loud. But I'm like, you shoot your grandchild in the chest and then you're like, I'll get you a glass of water. I got a better idea. How about stop shooting me more times? You know, don't do that anymore. Yeah. Here's how things played out though. So Sandra and Jonathan, like we said, got home from the second drug test. They had that heated argument. Sandra told her husband, Fred Lane, to take the dog for a walk to the park and wait for her to call him before coming home. Hmm. He said that wasn't unusual, which makes me think like, what kind of a relationship is this? She whips him around, yeah. tells him what to do and to stay away until ordered to come back. I, th- I, thought, that, I thought that was weird. That's weird. It's odd. Weird. Yeah, it is very weird. Take a long walk. I got weird stuff to do. Yeah, you don't want to see what's going to go down, Fred. So he leaves with the dog. According to her and her defense team, the argument continued and it escalated. She says that she felt threatened and shot him out of self-defense. Logistically speaking, though, the argument took place in his little bedroom, little loft on the second floor. She had to leave the bedroom, go get the gun, come back to the bedroom and shoot her grandson at point-blank range. The son sounded a little off. Like, if he wasn't completely out, if he wasn't losing blood, maybe he's thinking wacky thoughts. See, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for this. And hopefully you have the information here. When her screams out, if I didn't have you guiding me along here and saying, like, you know, she's in the wrong and, like, he's kind of helpless in some way. Yes. If I was an, the operator, I'd be processing that, like, I don't know what this guy's doing. Is he playing possum? And then I hear the woman screaming. Maybe he's the one attacking her in some way and she's justified in putting him down. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think from my perspective, hearing how things played out and knowing the aftermath, the story after the fact, I don't think that those screams for, from her were were legitimate or credible. I think that was her realizing that he was on the phone with someone cool. yeah. and she's got to play it up. She's got to play it up because she just shot him five times. I mean, she knows what's up. She knows what's going on. But she shot him once first, right? So uh, uh, again, all I'm saying, all I'm saying as the operator, like I, I just, I, I'm on your side with all that. I think that you're right. But like, if I'm the operator hearing it for the first time, I'm kind of like, you know, Sir, sir, yeah, yeah, right here. And then, like, all of a sudden, another argument that seems high intense. He's not saying much, but, like, it feels like he's provoking her in some way. They were dealing with, like, a mentally ill grandmother, which is very possible, I guess. Um, or we're not hearing the entire story. Like, it just it just seems a little strange. Yeah, and if you're want, it, I mean, if you listen to this call and you're like, I'm going to just sit on the fence and, until the facts play mm-hmm. out, this call plays to the defense and the prosecution very well because of her screams and everything. Those sound very legitimate and they would at least stretch out the the investigation to say, okay, we need to we need to walk this we need to walk through this. We can't just, you know, 
carte blanche believe that this guy got shot and you know right. it went down like he said for sure interesting so there's more call or more information no that's it he's dead <laughs> he was dead on the uh, by the end of that call but i do have more information i've got more information okay this makes me sad about uh, cases where there's uh, you know such a tragedy but both sides have to come out swinging when it comes to defending or protecting their their client. Just a, just a little bit of backstory on on Jonathan. You know, we mentioned that he was going to uh, an alternative school, but on the flip side of that, uh, his father said that he was a genius, like computer genius, like he was a very intelligent young man. Which we've seen. You know, you see that sometimes in kids that are struggling. Is they're they're just too smart for their own britches and uh, that could have been the case here it's so there's so much going on anyway so he's shot the second story loft being too smart for his britches i'm sure the conversations that he and his grandmother got into you know were a titch up the volume scale actually the neighbor testified to that they had heard calls before where there was high levels of screaming coming from the front of the house to the point where some neighbors had called the police before because they had heard this, the yelling yeah. match happening. They thought maybe Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Or Jonathan. Jonathan the reindeer. <laughs> John Deere. Boom. Connected it. <laughs> you did it. Yeah, you figured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I hung it to dry. and Comedic timing. You put clothes pegs on your shoulders. Yeah. Just award winning. That was great, man. That is, was. That would have been cut out if he hadn't have done that. Good for you, man. You know, I'm no, I'm not a hero, Jack. I'm not gonna say I'm. I'm not. I put my pants on. You're impressive, though. You know, I'm, I'm really starting to like you, man. Like you're, you're impressive. Anyway, back to the story. Yeah. So much chit chat. That's we get criticism for that. That sometimes we talk too much. So, no more talking. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna make a comment on that really quick. I've got. I suck. <laughs> this was just defied logic. Someone, someone the other day made the review that said you guys talk so much why don't you just play the call and i'm i just gonna say anybody that feels like we should just play the call you would have a one minute and 27 second long podcast episode these are not long calls these are you know that there's a lot that goes into this that makes this the calls substantial you know so anyways uh do you do you have more call though i digress yes, you should a little more information so he made his way to the front porch from his room where he called 911. She, remember, she said that she was fearing for her life, disappears for a while, as you can hear on the call, and then she returns to shoot him several more times. Right. None of those actions are what you'd expect from somebody fearing from their life with ample opportunities to flee. That, that just no, 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 no. She's not gonna hang around. You're right. So Jonathan, he died at the home due to his injuries. Wow. Sandra's husband also testified that he was actually shocked to learn that there was a gun in the house. Once again, sounds like a real balanced relationship they had. She was convicted of second degree murder and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Yeah, so she's dead. Yeah, right on, man. Well, good, she should be. She'll die in prison. Ruthless, what she did. Buddy getting shot in the chest by grandma, and then he's sitting there trying to make the call, weave it in and out, you know, kind of like coming in and out, and then grandma comes back in and pumps him five more times, but screaming at him first. It's like the opposite of what, you know, um, Kemper went through. Hey, I do have a happy ending. I do have a happy ending, yes. All right, so Lalo Delgado, 
and his girlfriend were driving in his car when there was a freak accident. But he acted quickly and called 911. Here is how that went. Are you ready for me to hit play? I am. Okay, here we go. Okay, but first everyone keeps asking, Operator, please do an ad. We want to hear more ads. So, fine, here you go. Here's an ad. All right, here we go. 911 pieced that couple coupled the description together was a bit comical comedic totally his delivery was hilarious he, he seemed like he was he was you know he was open to that maybe response right to be fair the dispatcher wasn't the first one to laugh it was whoever else was in the room listening to her saying is your girlfriend still on fire you could hear someone down the way yeah laugh first and then her response was yeah, this is pretty weird. So the dispatcher in this case, she didn't have any record of poor performance before this. And at the last reporting, she was still working as a dispatcher. And Lalo's girlfriend, on the other hand, once again, his description didn't really fit the the incident because she required extensive recovery to heal from the burns that she received from the accident. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, so she was burned really bad. Really? Ooh. I feel bad for all involved, but, but uh, the description left a little... How bad? How bad are we talking? Do you know how bad? Yeah. Like third degree burns? Yeah, so... Where? She she required extensive recovery to heal from the burns that she received from the accident. How bad? <laughs> she required an extensive recovery period to heal from those burns that she received from the accident. That's such a bull answer man if you don't, if you don't have the information that's fine well all i know is it was an extensive recovery period karen how bad was it how bad was it according to the reports it was real bad there there you go that's how bad it was that's how that's how we wanted okay but as i'm proud to do i thought you know this is an opportunity to talk to, to kind of drive home a point about something so i looked into how dispatchers can avoid being jaded on calls which you know what? It was encouraging to see that there is much being done now to recognize that dispatchers have a very difficult job. It's so easy for us to listen to a call like this and immediately just vilify the dispatcher, right? Oh, yeah. And honestly, when it comes to this type of call, I think the dispatcher probably disturbs some, deserves some criticism for her behavior. Like, you don't laugh at someone calling in on that. That's just, that's fundamental, right? But yeah. that being said, 
I did learn some stuff, and I, I think it's important. It's, oh, and can I can I interject yeah, yeah, real fast yeah, on that yeah. too? Like the, the the most jaded of us too, though, don't have the ability to laugh as freely as she laughed right there. She sounds young, and she's she you did. know she's probably new on on the whole thing. You know, you'd say like a grizzled vet wouldn't be wouldn't do that. The reason why is because they forgot how to. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and 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 this girl, you know, and and the guy on the call could have could have handled a bit better too. Like he he just. I think it was very innocent, and she couldn't help it. Yeah, I and agree. And her friend behind her was like laughing too, like he said. And I think there's some commiseration too, sort of that foxhole friends kind of um, phenomenon that happens with dispatchers. They're all kind of in this bullpen together, and they're kind of dealing with all this in real time together. You know, they, I'm sure they they have to lift each other up, but obviously, you know, there's a modicum level of appropriate behavior that should be should be had you can understand why this whole thing happened it wasn't like somebody cackling at somebody in a, in a hurtful situation it's not like if that 911 operator was standing at the scene looking at third degree burns on a girl she would cackle at it like on the last happy ending that dispatcher could have very easily laughed when he said how many people so it's the two of you in the home and he says well one now yeah, oh, definitely, but that doesn't make it like a better, better operator, in my opinion. It does. It just makes makes her maybe a little more jaded, or or like a veteran, a veteran, um, or a professional. Oftentimes means that they've had some parts cut out of them that are human, and now they're just what that is for the job, and like we we celebrate that, but. It, maybe it shouldn't be celebrated so much. It's it's kind of sad in a way, too. We've all had that experience when you're a kid and you're working as like a sandwich artist at Subway or something. And you're working with other kids and, you know, you forget that the customer's on the other side of that spit wall glass. And, sure. and you joke about, you know, spitting in the food at the wrong time. You know, something like that. Like the camaraderie oversteps a bound. And it's in this human. case, unfortunately, yeah. it was recorded on audio. So here, So here's some things. He set her up, though. Go ahead. He, he did. He set her up. I, I, I believe that. You know, I mean, the way he defined it and everything, tragic, but the way he said it. Um, so here, this is interesting. So statistically, dispatchers have the 13th most stressful job, according to a 2013 article uh, in Business Insider. It just recently became recognized as a job that can actually create legitimate PS PTSD in a person. Really? And it comes with a whole raft of signs and symptoms. Oh, yeah. So in addition to PTSD and burnout, which we've both kind of covered before on, on these calls, they can also su suffer from something called vicarious trauma, which is something that counselors uh, have been diagnosed with as well. It's an occupational side effect of working with people that have had actual direct trauma. It's a residual effect that the counselor or those people that are in those empathetic roles. 100%. Right, exactly. Because they've experienced it to, to understand. I, I get it. In a study done by Minnesota State University, one dispatcher who had developed this trauma put it this way. She said, I had begun to filter everything through suspicion. Every coach or minister had to prove they weren't child molester to me. Every person walking by my house had to prove he or she wasn't a burglar. I truly picked up the feeling that everyone and everything was a threat. So you can imagine this world where like you go to war every day for 12 hours and then you're just expected to turn it off and go home and maybe order some takeout and, you know, kiss your children goodnight. It'd be a very difficult job. So I, I know this case is like 
doesn't reach the bar of us having that kind of explanation for dispatchers and what they're doing. But we've we've had a flow of messages, both praise and critique from people regarding our, our, our commentary and our opinions on Dispatcher. Uh, just a quick reminder for everyone, this is an entertainment podcast. We are not professionals, but um, we also have a high level of respect for what the Dispatchers do, and we're going to cover cases that are the outliers. Right. It, you would not be listening to this podcast if the cases weren't interesting, either from the caller, dispatcher, victim, criminal, whatever. These are the outliers, and they're the ones that we want to talk about. Can I say something real quick on that, too? Yeah. It's always been my experience that, like, this is a really good example of this. The ones who have a problem with it are, like, from areas where they don't get a lot of action. And the ones who get a lot of action, say dispatchers or police officers, who are, who are you dealing with? In my opinion, or sorry, in my experience, um, they don't give a shit what you say. They're just so busy with everything. They, they want a little bit of a release, a laugh. Right. And in the, the places where they're not getting like a high amount of like, you know, intense action happening to them, they're, they're a little bit more susceptible to becoming like, um, you know, getting their feelings hurt because nothing's going on. Right. We don't want to, we don't want to discuss. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> it's a complete insult. Off. I don't know why you're going on with it saying like right. I'm just, I'm just trying to say that people whine a lot when there's no action. Like they, like they right. look for things to, to grab onto, to complain about. Busy people. Okay, here's the example. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'll just be quick. Uh, yeah. People, people, people go on about sex workers and prostitutes and calling them hookers and all that kind of mm. stuff. Okay. And I, and I worked in, and worked in some of those neighborhoods and and uh, I'll tell you if you're dealing with a real prostitute or a real hooker, or a real sex worker, they don't care what you call them. At all. Right. I could see that. They're too busy. They're too busy dealing with the day-to-day shit that they have to go through to be sensitive to what you call them. Right. Just don't call them, you know, uh, over and murder them in a bush. Right. They, they don't care. So so when it comes to this, and certain 911 operators getting getting offended by maybe like tracks that we go down. The ones that are ultra busy, the ones that are like in the shit, they don't care what we say. We can't possibly say anything that, that would offend them um, based on like the way that they they deal with the trauma, what they're going through. And we're trying to emulate that feel when it comes to the 911 podcast. That there's this gallows humor that goes on during this, and that's what we try to lend to it. If you don't get that, then I'm sorry. Right. But that's what, that's why we do it let's, this way. A hundred percent. I think the, the the description of gallows humor because they they themselves know that there's a level of humor that has to be had and maintained for sanity. And um, yeah, we're we're trying to replicate that here. Sometimes it's the dispatcher that's the crazy one. Sometimes it's the caller. Sometimes it's you know the guy calling to ask how much uh, pot he can own. Hey, it, the world is crazy, right. and these things are recorded. On 911 calls, so we play it. It's just, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's fun. We love it. Oh, it's brilliant. Okay. It's brilliant. It thanks, for call, thanks for calling into 911 calls and giving us a show to do. Hey, how about, how about this? What? Yeah, exactly. The, the world's crazy, man. And and these 911 calls give it to you like live and, and real and, you know, it's in the moment. It's never perfect. It's always a little screwed up. You can't make any much sense of it. We do our best to, uh, to un, you know, just grab what we can from it. I love it. I, I love. I love that there's no. There's no. You know, it's. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't start and end and. Yeah, it doesn't wrap up like a nice little package. It's. It's effed up. I've got a. 
You know what? I know what the moral to this story is. I, I, the one thing that we can all... I got it. I got it. Do you know what the takeaway to this whole episode is? What? What? That this whole time we've all been listening to the band Pearl Jam and nobody thought about what the name meant. You're pretty proud of that. That's it. That's all we learned, really, on this episode. I think there's a bit more, but yeah. All right. See ya. All right. Hey, hugs, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening and supporting this award-winning show, everyone. Have you listened to our other show, Dark Calls, yet? It's the show where we play the calls that are too dark for this show. You've been warned. It's a Patreon-exclusive show, so if that sounds like your cup of tea, or about the price of a cup of tea, you can get that show, live-streaming video chats with Luna and me, plus a bunch of other extra content and features over on Patreon. Search for 1159 Media on Patreon to access all the extra goodness. The 911 Calls podcast is an 1159 Media production. Your loved ones would also love this show. You can spread the word and help us to gain even more awards than we already have. So much thanks to you. So many hugs.